circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, And Mokiyam to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. And this week on Full Circle, we check out sounds from the 2023 Memorial Walk for Justice for Timothy Charles Lee a young, black, indigenous, gay man who was found hanging in a fig tree at Concord Bart in 1985. On tonight's show, we'll hear some voices from the memorial event, including Richmond City Council District 1 Representative Melvin Willis and Antioch Mayor Lamar Thorpe. All that tonight on Full Circle. I'm your host, Natung Freewill and Franklin Yaka, coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok territory, home of the Hoopan and Ompan people. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. Again, the Mokiam to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. I'm your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin, and really I'm just going to throw it over to this show produced by First Voice graduate Sarah Blanco and myself. We put this together after the 2023 Memorial Walk for Justice for Timothy Charles Lee that was held on November 2nd in Concord, California. Just a quick reminder before we go to this audio that this event was live-streamed video on the First Voice Media Facebook page. So if you want to watch this event and see all the beautiful artwork, please head over to First Voice Media on Facebook. This material previously aired on La Onda Bajita November 3rd, 2023. Check it out. Tonight, we turn to the case of Timothy Charles Lee. I'm your host, Sara Blanco, with co-producer of this segment, Frank Sterling Jr. This tragic story may be triggering for some listeners. Timothy Charles Lee was found hanging from a fig tree in 1985, near where the current Concord, California, BART station is. He was a black and indigenous gay young man, and as the story goes, he slept too far on BART, and Concord BART was the end of the line. That's where he was found hanging in a tree. Timothy was first cousins with KPFA and La Onda Bajita reporter Frank Sterling Jr. To learn more about the case, you can visit the Facebook page, Reopen the Case of Timothy Charles Lee. And if you're from Berkeley, California, or were at the time, Timothy was a fashion student with a scholarship to Milan and was from Berkeley at the time. Friends and family believe he was lynched and want the case reopened. Let's listen in as Frank Sterling Jr. welcomes the people who have gathered at the Rainbow Center on November 2nd before they started walking to Concord Bart. This was the second annual memorial walk for Timothy Charles Lee. 
Thank you for coming to the second annual Memorial Walk for Timothy Charles Lee. My name is Frank Sterling and I welcomed everyone for coming uh, to Timmy's Memorial Walk. And um, Timmy was my cousin. He was found uh, lynched in a tree right over here at Concord Bart, where we'll be walking to shortly in 1985. And after um, kind of a weak investigation, the police deemed Timmy's um, death a suicide. And we all know that, um, well, we all believe that it was a racially motivated attack, an anti-gay attack. And there's a lot of evidence that points to that um, in the documents that we've been sharing on uh, Timmy's Facebook page, which has reopened the case of Timothy Charles Lee, if you're seeing this somewhere. Um, some of that evidence does include neighbors who heard screams in the night and went out to investigate. Um, that's um, Marilyn Hannum and she says she ran over to the BART station to see where the screams were coming from and she saw a group of men gathered around a car with someone bent over the hood looked like they were riding something and about 10 yards away she said she saw a uniformed officer and she didn't know if it was a man or a woman but just upon noticing everybody the person that was the uniformed officer turned and noticed her and she said shouted some shocked words and started to run towards her like she was going to give chase. Marilyn herself turned around and ran home and closed the door on the police. They never pursued her into her house or came after her. About 15 minutes after that, uh, Marilyn and her roommate, Bill Callison, um, heard screams again in the night and then an abrupt ending to the screams they described it. And right after that, they heard a car door slam, a car door, a car peel out and screech away along with a number of people running through their neighborhood, some going through the bushes and stuff around their house, which they point out in their um, sworn affidavits. Um, another interesting topic for you all, if you haven't seen the, um, the 1977 article in the Contra Costa Times, written by then staff writer Kelly Gust, who would go on to be the editor of the paper. She interviewed uh, four men from the local KKK right out here in Contra Costa County. They felt comfortable enough uh, to meet with Kelly at an undisclosed location. And um, two of those people that she interviewed were local police officers. They didn't say what agency they were from, but they did boast about actively recruiting more police in the area, as well as regular citizens um, to boost their political clout and to build their numbers. And uh, that was 1977, and that was just um, eight years before my cousin would later be um, lynched in the Concord BART and uh, ruled a suicide by uh, the Concord police. So I'll save that um, more of the story for back at the BART. We'll have some speakers. Hopefully um, some of the city council may come out. Um, we'll see what happens. I've invited uh, the city council of Concord and the city council of Antioch. Otherwise, I was gonna turn it over to some of these folks behind me. If anybody is interested in sharing um, what brought you out here today, to support this walk, I would just ask you to come forward and you could jump up right here that okay. and go for it. Well, I, I didn't I didn't know him, but I've heard the story and um, I just wanna be here in support uh, if he has any family still in the area. I would just would want him to know that the community hasn't forgotten him and that, um, you know, loss like that never really leaves you. And so we're here today for him and for um, his family. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, anybody else feel like it? Oh, 
<laughs> um, come on up and um, just tell us why you're here. Hey, I'm Reverend Will McGarvey, Executive Director of the Interfaith Council of Contra Costa County. I heard about this in passing and decided to do more study after I visited the lynching museum in Montgomery, Alabama. And they only count uh, certain lynchings that have been uh, investigated and have been confirmed to have been lynchings there. And then they, but if we, if we don't do the, our due diligence and reopen this case, then we won't know what the real lived experience for people of color is in this county. And we owe it to everyone in this county to be able to know what our true history is and to address ancient wrongs, even if there are more than uh, 10 or 20 years in the past, we really need to know what has happened here because here in, Con in Concord um, City, one of the last KKK um, chapters in Northern California existed here. And we really need a full disclosure to know what our history is here so that we can make sure that it never happens again. Um, any more takers that want to come up and say a little something? Okay. Come on up, Wes, and then uh, anybody else? So I'm here to support uh, my buddy Free Will and Frank Sterling, KPFA extraordinaire. And also, I'm a Conquer resident since the 70s. So I grew up in this town. I remember I was about 25 when this happened. I do remember hearing about it. I didn't know the details. I didn't have the political consciousness that I do now. But I know one thing, it's hard to have justice without truth. And I don't think it's the truth that this was a suicide. There's enough evidence to say that it wasn't. And given what I know now about the Concord Police through my own experience and the experience through the years of others, I have no doubt that there's possible complicity on the Concord Police behalf. So this is the kind of thing that irks me. This is Concord, this is where I live. I don't like the idea that maybe some KKK people came in and you know, just killed this guy. So I'm here to march with these people and also today is Dias de la Muerta and we're gonna be making an altar for this person. So it's a fitting day that we're here. Thank you, Frank. Thank you very much. Um, come on up. My name's Molly. I've grown up in this East Bay area all my life. I've lived all over the East Bay. And I lived in Lafayette when this happened. I was about 12 years old. I never heard about it at the time. In the 90s, I heard from somebody, did you know that someone was lynched at the Concord Bar Station? In the 80s, and I was completely shocked. And then I just found out a few weeks ago from my friend Jennifer Kathleen Gibbons, who wrote about this case, that a black woman, Jacqueline Peters, was also lynched in Lafayette, my own town, a few months later, and I heard nothing about it at the time. I just found out about it. So a big part of white privilege is just not knowing about these things and having no idea the way the world really is and what's going on around us. And we've got to be aware and we've got to care. Black history matters. Black lives matter. If you don't know, find out. Educate yourself and come out and be part of the solution. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. All right. Thank you. Welcome back. You're listening to KPFA Full Circle. I'm host Sara Blanco with co-producer of this hour, Frank Sterling Jr. We just listened to a gathering of people speaking about Timothy Charles Lee, a young art student who was lynched at Concord, California, BART from a fig tree in 1985, but his death was ruled a suicide. Family and friends want this case reopened. So when people came for the memorial, they walked from the Rainbow Center across Toto Santos Plaza Park and then ended up at the Concord BART station near the empty lot where there are numerous trees. 
One of those might have been the one that Timmy was hung from. They have since last year put a fence around this empty lot of trees. However, there was a beautiful, beautiful altar set up by loved ones, specifically for Timmy, but also specifically for those who have suffered under the hands of police violence. And then everyone who was in attendance was also invited to put up the name of any loved one who they have lost under any circumstances. So family and friends really want this case reopened. So they're going to be doing this walk every year. And Frank Sterling Jr., who works at KPFA, is Timmy's first cousin. So now they're at the Concord Bar. Frank Sterling Jr., Timmy's cousin, opens up the remarks. And we'll hear from numerous other people who came to speak in solidarity, including the mayor of Antioch, California, who makes a statement that made friends and family very happy. The mayor of Concord, although invited this year and last year, did not attend. Again, some parts of this case may be triggering for some listeners. There will be a section where the mayor of Antioch will speak about knowing Frank Sterling as someone who would come to city council meetings. And since he doesn't describe the background of the story, I wanted to just give that briefly to you. Um, Frank Sterling Jr. was attacked in his own home by Antioch police when they responded to a noise complaint. And he has been going to city council and making people aware of the violence within the Antioch PD for an incredibly long time. And so he would come in and and tell them that. Um, But about three years ago is really when more activism started and more people started getting involved. And then currently half, if not more, of the Antioch Police Department is on some kind of leave due to racist, hideous text message scandal. And you can definitely learn more by following First Voice Media from Full Circle and also by listening here at KPFA. So just wanted to give that background when the um, mayor talks about uh, how he met Frank. All right. Here's the recording from the second annual memorial walk related to reopening the case of Timothy Charles Lee. And here's Frank with opening remarks. Good to see you all. I'm going to do my traditional native language greeting. I've been practicing uh, speaking my native language, Timmy's native language um, from his mother's side, my aunt Vicky. Um, We are, um, we call ourselves Pam Kowichum. Um, but we are known to most people as the Rincon Band of Liseño Indians. And I would say, Miuyum, Miuyum, Choonum, Namokium, to the second annual memorial walk for Timothy Charles Lee, Naktung Frank Sterling Yaka. And that was me welcoming everybody to the second annual memorial walk for Timothy Charles Lee. Uh, My name is Frank Sterling Jr. and Timmy was my cousin. Timmy was my cousin through my dad's side of the family. It was my dad's sister, my Aunt Vicky. Timmy was her son. For those that weren't at the opening, I will um, start this, uh, tell the little bit of story over for you all. And um, Timmy 
was a 23-year-old uh, black man, a Native American man, and a proud gay man. He was a fashion designer. He was furthering his education at a uh, San Francisco University of the Arts study in fashion. And we brought some fashion magazines out for Timmy for the altar. And um, Timmy had left a group of his friends one night um, after class and uh, got on BART. And as he departed, he said, I'll see you all on Tuesday. He was jovial, had a good time. Um, Timmy just won a scholarship uh, to further his education in fashion in Milan, Italy, the heart of fashion. So he's very excited about his future, um, not somebody that would take his life. And um, on his way home that night from San Francisco, he got on this BART train um, in San Francisco and fell asleep before he got to those three transfer stations over there at 19th, 12th, and uh, MacArthur. And he ended up down here at this station, Concord, um, which at that time was the end of the line for BART. And um, Timmy was uh, forced off the train. It was the last train you couldn't um, return. And um, he was stuck out here. He made a few phone calls to some friends. No one could immediately come get him. Uh, and that was pretty much the last of Timmy. He was found hanging in um, one of these trees out here in the morning by a passerby. It's described as a fig tree. Um, I've kind of glanced and looked. I feel like it's the dead curled up tree over here, but I haven't been over the fence to thoroughly look around. What's important is that it happened right here in Concord in 1985. And some folks that lived right over there on the other side of the BART heard some screams in the night, ran out here to see what was happening. And she said she saw a group of uh, men surrounding someone around the hood of a car who appeared to be riding something and that a uniformed officer or security guard was about 10 yards away. When uh, Marilyn Hannum, the woman who's this affidavit I'm quoting, saw that, she approached, and when those people saw her in just a few seconds, she had to glimpse this, the uniformed officer, which she thinks was a woman, turned and shouted some words at her and then started to make actions like she was gonna make chase to Marilyn. Marilyn, in fear, ran back to her house and locked the door. About 15 minutes after that, Marilyn and her roommate, Bill Callison, again heard more screaming. And then they heard a car door slam, a car peel out, and um, some people run through their neighborhood, even through the shrubs in their nearby bushes in their yard. Um, so that is kind of what we know of the last moments of Timmy from what I can gather. Also, what other evidence that we had was Timothy allegedly left a suicide note. And Timmy, his sister, Tammy, and Tommy um, were Timmy, Tommy, and Tammy. And they spelt their names all the same. T-I-M-M-Y-T-O-M-M-Y-T-A-M-M-Y. The suicide note spelt them just Tom, Tim, and Tam. And there was some other um, funny stuff with the handwriting, according to handwriting expert um, Andrea McNichol, who, by the way, is still alive, and I have found her. And she says that if Timmy wrote that note, he wrote it under duress. Now put that back together with uh, Marilyn Hanneman's testimony about seeing people surrounding the car and one person in the middle. Another bit of the evidence that it leaves us questioning what happened to Timmy is um, when the family viewed the body, they said there was burns and cuts on his body and the sheriff and the coroner um, said they were insect bites. One other thing was that the rope, the ligature used to hang Timmy from this tree out here um, didn't belong to Timmy. 
and uh, the police destroyed it in 24 hours. Within 24 hours, they didn't save the ligature for evidence, and they said that that was common procedure in a suicide. So those are some of the things that are leaving us skeptical about what happened to my cousin. His sisters and brother, his sister and brother have passed away. No one really has kept up the fight. And um, what happened to me was a few years ago, a friend of mine, Rod Akeel, uh, did a radio story about the history of lynching. And in the story, he mentioned a bunch of history of people being killed. And then at the very end, he mentioned, and then in 1985, there was a young, well-dressed man. Um, I get emotional. Um, uh, a young, well-dressed man, my cousin, hanging from a tree in Concord Bart. And that reopened the memory that that was my cousin. So that's why I'm here. Um, I want to find out what happened to my cousin. Um, the family at the time never believed it was a suicide. I don't believe it was a suicide. A coalition was formed at the time. It was called Carsaga, the Coalition Against Racist, Sexist, Anti-Gay Attacks. It was made up of the NAACP, the ACLU, local community members, and activists. And they marched and they protested. They got an FBI investigation, but nothing ever changed. Um, and my cousin's case is still listed as a suicide. So things we are doing, um, we're doing this memorial walk every year. This is our second one. In the, between the year last year and this year, uh, we got a small group. Shout out to um, folks that couldn't make it. Um, my group of folks that are helping me, um, Jennifer Kathleen uh, Gibbons. You can find her writing on Substack. She helped solve a cold case. Forgive me, Jennifer, I can't remember it, but uh, her friend is here. She might remember the name of it. It's called Live Your Life, Live Your Life, Live Your Life. Uh, live Your Life, Live Your Life, Live Your Life is her Substack. And the case that she helped solve, Suzanne Barbadier, and she um, lives some time in Antioch, as far as I understand. Also helping me is Maria Judice. Thank you, Maria, out there helping. Um, she wasn't feeling well, and just to be safe, she didn't come. She's been working very hard. Um, thank you. Uh, you could find hers at Maria Judice online. And then, of course, my girlfriend, Sarah Blanco, right here. And myself, um, we've been meeting um, bi-weekly throughout the year to talk about the documents um, that we have gathered. Uh, the man, the neighbor, Bill Callison, saved all the newspaper clippings, every neighbor's testimony, all the affidavits, FBI stuff he could find, and he stored it at a special collection at the Stanford Library of Special Collections, the Green Library. And uh, we made contact with them, and they digitized a special collection and sent it out to us. So we are going through those historical documents. We're posting those on Timmy's Facebook page, reopen the case of timothy charles lee so if you haven't um, done that yet please go to that page like and follow that page and watch for more historical documents coming there you will also find a um, petition that we're trying to get up to 500 now thank you all who signed it we made it to our 200 goal our 100 200 and last i checked we were around 215 signatures and again um, thank you all for coming out i appreciate all you that came um, to walk, and I know um, the mayor's here, uh, but I think I want to kick it off. Robin Kuslitz uh, from the Rainbow Community Center. Um, she's done a lot. She came out to Antioch and donated um, the Progress uh, Pride flag for us so we could be a great city and raise that flag. 
And um, for those of you that don't know the Rainbow Community Center, it's where we left in the parking lot. They serve the LGBTQIA plus community out here. And um, I'll let Robin take it from there. Um, they did dedicate a clinical room in my cousin Timmy's name. So if you ever stop by there, um, you can go there and see the uh, beautiful picture and the room that they made in uh, Timmy's honor to help serve the community. Um, come on up, Robin, and you can say a few words. And uh, I appreciate you for, um, for coming out and uh, being a part of this. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thanks everybody for coming. This is really important that we're able to do this. Um, I'm a past board president at Rainbow Community Center, past employee there. And I'm really grateful for everybody who's here tonight. Um, being able to honor Timothy Charles Lee was really important for Rainbow. When we moved to our new location a couple years ago, we had an opportunity to name some of our rooms after um, queer persons of interest that we really wanted to honor. And Timothy Charles Lee was one of them. We were able to name one of our clinical rooms after him. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity to bring awareness to everybody who steps into Rainbow. They now get to hear uh, Timothy's story. Adi invited me to bring an object for the altar tonight to kind of represent um, Timothy's queer identity. And the thing I brought was a small pin. It's a black power fist with rainbow colors on it. And I love to wear that at different events because it really reflects to me the intersectionality, the intertwinement of the fight for queer justice and for racial justice and how much we have in common and how much our fight is together. And I think Timothy would have really appreciated that. Um, so thank you for having me and we'll go on to the next speaker. Again, big shout out to Robin Kulitz for coming out and repping Rainbow Community Center. I really appreciate um, when I got the call from the former executive director, uh, Kiku Johnson, um, I don't know how he found me or if I found him, but um, just before they had their um, soft opening and dedicated um, their new building, um, we connected and uh, we were invited out to be part of the opening ceremony and it was um, a great feeling um, to see Timmy's name, you know, rising up a little bit back into the community. And if you um, just being here or even thought of Timmy or considered Timmy's story, that's probably more than anything that's happened in the past um, 30 seven years because last year we started our work so i'll leave one year off um, it's been dormant and quiet for a long time but now um, we're bringing his name back and we are going to um, seek and find justice for timmy for the rest of us his family that are here and to hold the people that did this accountable again so thank you to rainbow thank you robin mayor thorpe do you feel like you'd want to get up and say a little something um thank you for coming out just for the record i did invite the entire concord city council last year um lord nakamura uh, was able to make it maybe they have previous commitments i don't know um, but i wish that they would come out and acknowledge um this history that happened here because they're going to be seeing a lot of us in mayor he could testify to that that um when we start uh, going after something that we're going to be persistent and we're really hoping 2024 will be the year to do some more actions for timmy beyond the memorial walk um, we're looking into his birthday um uh, african american uh, history month um, native american history month which is also in november um, but different occasions where we could speak out um, at the concord city council and we are asking the concord city council to sign on to a letter that we're going to send to rob bonta along with our signatures on that petition to reopen this case and um, something that happened in their city. But now, thank you, Mayor Thorpe. I'd bring you up to say a few words. If you would, um, I would appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, this is Mayor Thorpe. If you're uh, a Concord person and not Antioch, um, this is Mayor Thorpe from Antioch. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, you know, I'll be honest. In, uh, 
1985, I was uh, four years old. Uh, so I was probably, I, you know, I was busy watching Sesame Street when all this happened. Uh, and so uh, I only learned of this uh, through Frank's efforts. And so I want to thank you, Frank, for all of your hard work. And of course, Robin Kuslix, uh, thank you for all of your work as well. Antioch native. Uh, so we appreciate all of your hard work. But I, but I will say this. When I was standing there and, and Frank uttered the words, I, I, I want to find out what happened to my cousin. Believe me when I tell you those are now etched in stone. Uh, when Frank says he's going to find something out, he's going to find something out. Uh, and so I learned about this in 2020, uh, about Timothy Lee. Uh, in 2020, uh, when we, I think we did a memorial for people who had been victims of police violence or a candlelight vigil for people. And we'd never done these types of things in Antioch. And we didn't see protests. We didn't see marches and demonstrations. This was all new uh, for quite little old Antioch in the t up until 2020. And so I learned of this uh, uh, when Frank spoke. And, uh, and I didn't pay much attention uh, to it. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I didn't pay much attention to the things Frank would say, other than a phrase that he would always utter at every single public event, which was, they broke down my door, kicked me in the face, and called me a fat So that is etched in my mind for a long, long, long time. I can only apologize for not having listening to your words, because in fact, he told us what was going on at the police department. He told us what was going on in terms of racism in Eastern Contra Costa County, and nobody listened. Uh, and so I want you to know, Frank, that uh, your words mean something to me. They matter to me. And so while the Concord City Council tries to figure out what they should do or whether or not you can get them to write a letter, I'm going to write a letter to Rob Bonta uh, and ask him to reopen this, to reopen this case. Uh, but not just to Rob Bonta, but to the district attorney, to the Concord police, and anybody else who will listen. Uh, because this is important. And what's the harm? What's the harm in going back to look at the facts to ensure nothing, no, no stone was not unturned, to ensure people have justice, and to ensure families like Frank uh, and his siblings and his cousins and whoever else is impacted by this death uh, can have some peace at the end of the day and know that, that justice can prevail. Uh, and so, you know, I hear the term lynching, and, and you know, it can, can sound foreign. It can sound foreign to some. Uh, but I, and then I had to go back and look. Well, when was the last time I'm familiar with a lynching or a death of a person just simply because they were black, gay, whatever, Asian? And I'm reminded of what happened in Tyler, Texas, um, when they dragged that, that African, yeah, John Bird. John, is it John Bird or James Bird? Was dragged by three individuals from the back of a pickup truck, tied to the back of a pickup truck and dragged to death. And that was like in 1996. So we're not talking about generations or even decades and decades and decades ago. We're talking about in our lifetime. I was four years old. Some of you may have been 20, 30 or 40 years old. And we're still here talking about this. As you cross the hill, you know, as I hear history about Eastern Contra Costa County and Contra Costa County, when nobody lived really in Eastern Contra Costa County, this was like 
the Antioch of, of today was conquered. And so the things people were fighting for making sure people could live here, making sure you could root out racism, is now happening over in Far East Contra Costa County. So there's a lot we can learn from people, but it shouldn't take this. It shouldn't take racist text messages. It shouldn't take people being arrested by the FBI. It shouldn't take those things to make the kinds of changes that we need to make. So thank you, Frank, for always um, including me in, in, in all these different things. And, and always know that your words do matter to me and, and they mean something. And, and, and I will do my best to ensure that your family seeks some sort of justice. Thank you, thank you. And I appreciate that, Mayor Thorpe, and um, bringing up that history and looking back at what we are discovering in the Antioch police when they have exposed themselves with their own words, using the N-word regularly, the, the memes of the monkeys and the gorillas and planning the violence through their text messages, going and carrying that violence out and then documenting that with their cell phone images and then sharing and bragging about the violence after. And I've been attending the um, Racial Justice Act hearing along with some other folks here. And um, this tremendous testimony has been coming out from these experts that are tying um, the racial tropes, um, the text messages, the words, just the way they spoke back to historic uh, racism and um, even back to the time of slavery. So that's, I feel like another reason when people don't think that maybe the police were involved, just look what happened in Antioch and what we're uncovering now thanks to themselves and um, documenting their own bad behavior. And um, sometimes I wanna uh, say to Melvin, I forget, and I'm saying this as a compliment, that you were a council member because he just blends in with the crowd, right? He just feels like he's one of us. And um, I met Melvin, I think the first time I remember you vividly, we were marching for ACE, the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment into Delta Pines apartments and two rough looking armed security guys with their guns and everything um, got right up into Melvin's face and he was leading the chance with the bullhorn and they're like, hey, where are you? you're not supposed to do this. And uh, he just kept on going, just kept on chanting. And I was like, damn, look at this guy. I got up close and got my video out just in case, you know, and I was um, documenting it. And um, he finally pointed out in the crowd um, who the police could talk to or the armed security and they went over there. But it really struck me that day and I was like, man, this guy, but, um, yeah, I forget your council member. I would invite you up. If you'd want to say a few words, it's up to you. You don't have to, but um, you know, if you've never heard of the case, I, it doesn't phase me because I know a lot of people haven't, but uh, just as um, an elected official that comes out and supports actions like this, um, if you would like to come up, I would appreciate it and say a few words. Yes. Of course, I'm not going to say no now after being pointed at a couple of times and my name being invoked. So yes, I'll come up and say something. Uh, but in today's capacity, uh, my name's Melvin Willis. I am a council member from the city of Richmond representing District 1, but I've also been an organizer with the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment since 2011. And I help facilitate the countywide racial justice coalition as we're coming together to dismantle racism within our criminal justice system and fighting for other alternatives outside of just incarcerating individuals considering there is so much discrimination 
happening in our criminal justice system where black people represent a minority in Contra Costa County but are overrepresented in criminal justice cases and probation and then seeing those racist text messages coming out of Antioch and hearing about some of the abuse that has happened in our even our sheriff's department and our detention facilities and one story that sticks out to me the most is hearing this story got out I'm just saying this is a story told to me. I haven't gone out and done my due diligence or confirmed it, but it's also a story that doesn't shock me, is hearing about a woman that was stripped down in our jail system and paraded around the cell block, and they're saying, where is Muhammad now? Where is Muhammad now? And I just have to keep on asking myself, how is this justice? How, how is allowing our law enforcement who make quite a bit of money at the taxpayer expense and have a lot of protections because of the statewide laws like policeman bill of rights and you know where you all you have to do as a law enforcement officer is just to feel scared like your life is at threat and no other investigation or evidence can come out against you because of something called qualified immunity how is that justice exactly it's not I mean, at the end of the day, hearing stories like this, the first time I actually heard about it was just actually about three weeks ago when I heard about the second annual event happening for Timothy Charles Lee, hearing that he was lynched and conquered, and being here today and hearing stories where people are literally seeing a scuffle in a park, or literally seeing things that are off about it, but no, 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 it must have been a suicide. I don't know anybody who calls their friends and says, hey, I'm going to see you tomorrow, and ends up killing himself that isn't a common thing to me and the fact that we can just sit here and know that this is issues out there discrepancies out there that there are families that are impacted by it and we're still being told to buy this message of we're here to protect and serve well how is this case not being reopened and looked into serving us how is that making us feel safe especially if you're a person of color especially if you happen to be a queer person of color how do you feel safe knowing that there's a department out there that allowed such an atrocity to happen with different affidavits coming out saying something doesn't feel right but you're still just like suicide i don't know what to tell you so that's why i'm yeah, and we need an independent coroner, and this is another reason why we also need to fight for the separation of the sheriff's office and the coroner's office, too, in Contra Costa County. So that's why I'm here today. I just want to show up in solidarity because I don't just hear these stories and, you know, just like, well, that sucks. No, I actually imagine put myself in those shoes. What if it was me? here at midnight at Concord BART station and all of a sudden a group of people surrounded me and I'm screaming for help and nobody's coming for help and the people that are there that's supposed to protect and serve me just say well I don't know what necessarily happened but we think it's a suicide that doesn't sit right for me that doesn't sit right for me if I ever find out that there's a loved one in trouble and that happened and if I'm banging at the door in that council meeting screaming for there's some sort of be justice and people are just the same services that are supposed to be there to make sure I get justice are just telling me that I'm wrong go away that's not right so it's important for us to stand up If you are from Richmond or if you are from Antioch it doesn't matter we all live in Contra Costa County we're all residents of California we're all residents of this world and when there's justice done to one of us there's injustice done to all of us and we just need to show up with each other as human beings and say this is wrong how can I be here and help and support you so thank you so much for Frank and everybody that came together to organize this and you know what say his name one more time one more time again, say his name. Timothy Charles Lee. 
Timothy Charles Lee, thank you so much. Again, uh, thank you very much, uh, Melvin, and big shout out to you and the work you all doing out there in Richmond. I appreciate um, the support and uh, when I get out there when I can and support the causes out there, Vallejo, wherever I can go. And um, I want you all to notice how beautiful the, uh, the space is back here and all the work that's been done. And that was um, Addie down here in Francisco. Is Francisco still here? Francisco over there and um, Sarah, she brought some flowers and I'm sure other folks, Patty, oh, definitely Patty for sure, excuse me, um, all helped in, uh, pitching in on that. So big shout out to them. And um, Addie, do you want to say something as a rep from a Concord uh, Community Alliance? And um, so this is, um, is it Addie or Adi? Am I always saying it wrong? Addie. Yeah. Okay, I'll get it right. And I'll let her tell you more about herself, but um, I met her through uh, Concord Community Alliance and uh, she's been a big supporter of Timmy's cause and uh, helping me um, to get the word out. So thank you. Hello everyone, Adi Olvera. I've lived in Concord 10 years now and I just, I love living here, but it also makes me sad that we have such a horrible history. And Concord has not been very fair to many people, many families, especially if you're of a vulnerable community, what used to be a minority community, uh, person of color, black, Asian, indigenous, um, and other people of color. and. Somehow, the city council, and not the ones currently now and the ones before them, don't make enough noise about what our history is. The more they can sweep it under the rug, the less it happens. I remember being in a Contra Costa County meeting and hearing um, the supervisors, Karen Mishtoff, who's going to be running for assembly, deny that there was uh, any racism in Contra Costa County and they were trying to edit a report that the committee had um, put forth and and they wanted edited the description of the report because it said that Contra Costa had a history of racism and her and Anderson uh, were uh, you know opposed to that acknowledging our history um, Christy you probably remember that and um, that's the kind of electives we have in Salido Concord and, and Contra Costa County who, who want to represent us, but yet they can't acknowledge the history that we have. I'm a member of Concord Community Alliance and I helped co-found that with Kenji Yamada, who's here also with us. Um, and uh, Lara Nakamura, now city council member and Greg Colley, and a few other founding members that we believe that we need better representation here in Concord. We need people who will have a strong voice for the community. Leanne recently made me aware about the hate crimes to our unhoused community. Uh, we've had several people die who are unhoused and recently someone was found behind the CVS with missing body parts. Eyes were pulled out, her organs were ripped out out of her chest and the cops said that it was an animal that attacked her. That was a violent murder and another unhoused woman was uh, attacked with an ax at the Starbucks in downtown Tulsa Plaza. But why don't they want to say something to you? Because they want you to keep shopping here. But that unhoused woman is in ICU right now. She survived an axe attack 
while she slept on the bench outside of Starbucks. This was only about a week or two ago. We continue to have these kinds of crimes here in Concord, and we need to lift the voices of the things that are happening and ensure that our community knows and supports doing something about it and pressuring city council to reopen the case for Timothy Charles Lee and acknowledge that we need to a lot of work to do here in Concord. And so I'm Adi Olvera and I, I just want to acknowledge before I sit down that we're on Ohlone land and Bay Miwok land here in Concord and I'm thankful to them for giving us this land and space to to uh, convene and, and uh, continue the hard work. So thank you everybody for being here. All right, thank you, Adi of Concord Community Alliance. I'll get it right now from now on. Um, again, I appreciate you all for coming out. And uh, Ms. Patty, did you want to say something before I turn it over to the closing um, ceremony here? I know you do. I know Patty wants to speak. Um, so this is Miss Patty. She's um, been helping us out, out in Antioch, fight for justice out there for families, um, for police accountability. She's part of the police accountability working group um, for Reimagine Antioch, which I'm a member of and a partner um, in that accountability committee. Um, I'll leave it up to Patty um, to say what she has to say. And then after that, we're going to, um, I think Brian and Zaki are going to help us close out. Um, we could light our candles as it starts to get a little bit darker and think about um, the ones that have passed and this this what they call the thin time and the veil that separates us um, from the people on the other side. So Zakia and Bryant, you guys can get ready in the wings and um, Miss Patty, um, the mic is yours. And thank you so much for all these. Um, real quick before I go, um, Patty made all these beautiful images. Um, the signs, uh, she is a... Um, graphic designer and um, all these beautiful colorful images of Timmy and the prints um, and the big giant banner um, she did for us and um, I appreciate you and doing all that work and if you are doing something for your activism or some work that you need you can call on Miss Patty um, to help you make something uh, beautiful for your project. Thank you Frank. Hi everyone. I just want to say that if you're an artist um, there is one out here. Shout out to Mount Diablo News. Raising awareness is key. And if there's any visual storytellers, we need it because there's a lot of stories to tell and there's this narrative out there um, trying to silence the reality. But we can continue to tell our stories and paint the pictures and continue to say their names. So calling out to all creative artists out there, we need help. Um, that's videos, that's prints, that's editing, really, because we cannot forget. We need to keep raising the voices and the stories. Thank you. Thank Through you. art. Thank you, Miss Patty, and thank you for the beautiful the work again. It's um, without that we would be pretty empty. And um, I thank you so much. I got to hold up those signs on Alcatraz um, when I spoke to Timmy, and I know it got one person out here. Um, so my voice does get people. She heard my voice when I got to speak, and uh, now she's here. There was one last thing I think I wanted to say before I moved, but it might have slipped away. Let me thank all the um, the press that has come out, and uh, I think it's the Times, East County Times. I saw um, Annalise here. I think she might have left Mount Diablo News um, back here. You know, look up these um, sources, of course, that have came out and to support uh, this important cause. 
Um, so thank you all again for coming out, the mayor, um, uh, Melvin, and the other um, folks, elected officials, and just um, us regular folks <laughs> um, that came out to, um, to support Timmy. I really appreciate it. Without you all, like I said, it would just be uh, me and just a couple other folks out here by ourselves um, shouting into the wind. Um, so at this moment, I'm going to ask uh, Zakia and Bryant to come up. They're going to close us out. Okay, and um, if you have one of these little flowers, you could uh, tie them onto the fence to, as a, a remembrance here for um, what we've done today. Thank you, and thank you again, Adi, for all the work that you did in getting this beautiful setup for us. Well, thank you, Frank, and thank you, everyone, for being here. And I am still admiring this beautiful, beautiful altar. Um, Timothy, uh, Timothy in heaven, in his heavenly um, spirit, he feels this. And um, he's so proud to know that we are fighting to reopen his case. Um, so Bryant and I are going to uh, sing. And we want all of you to join in and sing with us in closing. Thank you. I would like to say that, you know, the lynching of people of color is nothing new here in America. This is not a new phenomenon. This has been going on since African Americans and people of color been in this country. Don't take my word for it. Research a book called A Hundred Years of Lynching. If you look at the book A Hundred Years of Lynching, they got newspapers accounts of hundreds of African-American men, women, and children that have been lynched throughout the years by racist uh, patty rollers, racist uh, policemen, racist Ku Klux Klan, been killing us for over hundreds and hundreds of years. And when will this stop? It needs to stop now. One thing we can do is demand through the city council that the police department got to be residents of this particular county. If there was residents of Richmond, if there was residents of Concord, if there was a residence of Antioch, they would have a different, hopefully they would have a different idea and a different take on how they would treat their neighbors in, 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 in these local particular cities. So that's one thing that I know a lot of people have been fighting for, having res police residency in the city they live in. That's not only here in California, that's all over the country. It still hasn't happened yet. So that's something that we need to still to work on. I would like to leave you with uh, Negro Spiritual, which is a rebellious song. And again, we've been fighting all the time we've been in this country. And the song I want to sing is called Oh Freedom. The lyrics is, oh, oh, freedom, oh, oh, freedom. And before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Sing with me. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. One more time. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I be 
slave. I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. And then we're gonna we're gonna leave this with Bob Molly's song. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. Get up, stand up, don't give up the fight. One more time. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. Get up, stand up, don't give up the fight. 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 I say, thank you. Again, let's say his name real loud. Again, Timothy Charles Lee. Timothy Charles Lee. All right, um, I think we're going to wind it up. Um, again, I will say I appreciate you all for coming out and honoring my cousin Timmy. Uh, we're going to continue this fight to find out what happened to Timmy. We're going to be looking into all these documents and um, doing what we can. It sounds like we got some um, support from local city councils. Uh, maybe they can get their council to sign on and um, we can convince the Concord City Council uh, to take some action as well and uh, get word to attorney Rob Bonta. Also, I'm working on getting uh, our tribe, the Lesenio, the Rincon Band of Lesenio Indians, to also uh, sign on to a letter for Timmy. Um, again, my um, greatest appreciation to you all for coming out. I appreciate it. Please, if you do use Facebook, go to uh, Timmy's page, reopen the case of Timothy Charles Lee, and share it with your family and friends. Um, tell people about this. Um, get them to sign the petition if you haven't signed it yet. Our next goal is 500. Um, we're really trying to get there. Um, thank you all for coming again, and um, you're welcome to stay and chill out and uh, check out this beautiful altar that um, Adi has made, and um, we could um, talk to folks as we um, pick up and get ready. I wish you all uh, safe travels home, um, wherever you came from, and that you get back safe, and um, that everything is good um, for you as you continue the rest of your life. Thank you very much. Like a man with a gun.
Welcome back to KPFA. I'm Sarah Blanco, host and producer. And thank you to Frank Sterling for your work as an on-point reporter, though in the past hour, you were representing the case of your loved one, Timothy Charles Lee, and working as an activist against police brutality as well. I'm very sad by the loss of your cousin, but I'm very glad that you have lifted up this torch to shine a light on this tragedy and search for the truth. And as listeners, you can all learn more by going to Facebook and checking out the page Reopen the Case of Timothy Charles Lee or searching change.org under Reopen the Case of Timothy Lee. Thank you for listening. And the song you heard was Barbara Mason, A Good Man is Gone. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for pictures, archive shows, and important links and information related to tonight's show. Also, please like and follow First Voice Media on Facebook, where we post live stream videos and other material that doesn't always make it to the radio. We live stream the Memorial Walk for Justice for Timothy Charles Lee, and the video is on that Facebook page. Shout out to the Full Circle crew, Miss M, the executive director, and me, Freewell and Franklin. I have been your host tonight. I'm also the technical director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, while you're out there, to please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone.